All my heart to Him I give, ever to Him I'll cling. In His blessed presence live, ever His praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, marriage my soul's best song. Faithful love in service true to Him belong. Love lifted me. to be and he saw it like he's waiting for you to he, he wants you you just won't come well, let me tell you I am so happy that he wanted to be my savior because I didn't want him on my own that's for sure love lifted me that's a long <laughs> Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep the stat- thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with me, with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. 
Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. All right. Had Brother Gene read a small portion, actually, of Psalm 119. And there's a verse there that I want us to look at this morning as we look at being cleansed by the Word of God. Last Sunday we talked a good bit about the Lord's Supper and about examining ourselves beforehand, kind of along that line of thought. And so today I want us to look at this particular verse, Psalm 119. Actually, there's a lot of good verses here. Verse 9 says, Wherewithal, or how, what would it take to, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. We are cleansed by the Word of God. Cleansed from what? Everything else. All of man's ways. One of the things that God does when He saves us is He causes us to realize, whoa, wait a minute. God's actually right. I've been living the way I thought was right. And when we examine ourselves, we find out that we actually thought that we were smarter We were wiser, much more modern in the way we were living, the way we were thinking about life than God is. That's that scorpion on the frog, isn't it? That's that nature. Our hearts are terribly wicked until changed by the Holy Spirit of God. We are cleansed by His Word. But we need to be continually cleansed by His Word, don't we? Why? Well, we have used uh, the example of on, in biblical times, it was a customary thing to have your feet washed when you entered someone's house or a building somewhere inside. It was customary to wash your feet because it was customary to wear sandals which allowed the dirt to accumulate on your feet. I know I've used this many times, but I I think it's a good one. As we walk through life, sin jumps jumps on us and clings to us, doesn't it? It just does. Because we live in a cursed world where sin is rampant everywhere we go. It's so easily... uh, taken in by us, even subconsciously. Maybe by what we hear, what we see. Especially, uh, Hollywood is a great corrupter. And that's the, that was its design. I truly believe that. That's right. That was Hollywood's design by the enemy to corrupt minds. And it can and does do it, what's the word, subliminally, 
doesn't roll off the tongue, tongue that well. I can't even say tongue. But it affects us, and we don't even realize it. I think a lot of times our children are affected by this, and we don't realize it because we're busy, and they're busy if we've got them watching TV, listening to the radio, whatever. And then one day they just blurt out some word that you've never heard, and you're like, where did that come from? Oh, well, it was on the cartoon. It was on Bugs Bunny or, or something. We're in constant need, is my point, of being cleansed. It is an everyday thing. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. What does taking heed mean? Well, taking heed means to give serious attention to a subject. Serious attention. Take heed to this. Realize that it's for you. Realize that it's necessary. Take heed unto what God says. His Word is powerful. Sometimes we let that slip out of our thought process of how powerful God's Word is. Oh, but it's cleansing power in the hands of the Holy Spirit, if you will. All right. Now turn with me to the 15th chapter of the book of John. John 15. And we have studied and taught from this chapter before how the Lord proclaims Himself as the vine, and we are the branches. John 15, verse 1 says, I am. Well, we know that's Him. He's the great I am, the great existence. It always has been. I am the true vine. And my Father is the husbandman. In other words, He was from the Father. He is from the Father. Though He's God Himself in the person of Jesus Christ the Son. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, He purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Well, the branches are us. And because of the world we live in today and the things that we experience and see every day and hear every day, we need to be purged, don't we? And God's a faithful God, isn't He? He's going to purge us, isn't He? He is going to cut us back. Why? Because the things of this life that affect our mindset that affect the way we think, do, and live keep us from being fruitful spiritually. You see that? Every branch, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that beareth fruit, though it be little, He purges it. Why? So that we'll be 
more fruitful, more like Him. How do we approach this? And I know we basically say the answer to every problem you have is found in the Word of God. But it's true. And you see, God doesn't change. Again, before I was saved, I thought I was living my life in a way that was a lot smarter than the lives that were lived in the Bible by God's way. Again, I say certainly more modern. I was a lot more hip than these guys in the Bible. I was cooler. But you see, God showed me that I belong to Him. And His way is not only right, it's right for me. It's right for you. Because you are a branch sprung forth from the vine. And that vine is from the husbandman, the farmer, God Himself. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth it, that it may bring forth that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You see, that's how we're cleansed from this thwarted way of thinking. And it's thwarted, it's changed, it's uh, infiltrated by all the things around us. But the Word of God, when we seek Him in it, cleanses us of those things. We're able to do what Paul taught us to do, and that was to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Where does that mortification, if that's a word, and that means to do away with, to kill, to put down, where does it start? It starts in the mind. It absolutely starts in the mindset and the way of thinking. When we realize that not only the act of these things that God uh, does not permit under His law offend Him, but even the desire to do those things offend Him. See, Jesus taught that when He came and He taught about the heart. Even if you hate your brother, you're guilty of killing him. That's pretty heavy duty and serious, isn't it? But Jesus taught that. In the heart is where the change is. And so in the mind is where the change is. In the mind, in the mindset to live for Jesus is where we're able to take heed and realize that His Word really is for us. Personally, it's for me. It's for you. And it's never been wrong and never will be. The psalmist said elsewhere, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. That means nothing can change it. In the minds of men, it's changed. Sure, they change it to suit themselves. Men do, and I say they. I'm a man too. I've been guilty of it too. 
but that's like idols and little g-gods. They're in the mind of people. They're not real. They're not real. Not at all. He is the only God. I am, he said. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. Our desire is to have fruit for God. Our desire is to tell others of Christ. Our desire is that the Holy Spirit will use the words that we put out of our mouths about Him to save souls. So we realize that we have to be in Him, not in our idea if it differs from God's Word of how salvation occurs. No, it has to be by His plan, doesn't it? Those are our desires, so we need to realize. Verse 3 said, Now now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own or of itself, except it abide in vine, in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that does abide in me, or go by my word, if you love me, he said, you'll keep my word, right? Well, we claim that we love him, don't we? I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, verse 5, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. We see a lot of good being done in the world. We do a lot of things that are good. But unless it's an obedience to God's Word, it's not of spiritual value. And it absolutely won't count toward your salvation. Not one bit. I say a lot of times that all the gold and silver and money piled in one pile would not save one soul. Well, all the good deeds ever done stacked in one stack has the same amount of power to sway God to save you into eternal life. Zero. Only through Jesus Christ divine. There's no hope anywhere else. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we know, because we've been in 1 Peter recently, Peter is an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he's speaking in verse 1, to the strangers scattered out throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. That's who he's speaking to. And the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And then he explains how we're elect. Really? Through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. All right. 
This is one of those chapters that's hard to know where to start in. Verse 16, uh, verse 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation comes after thought, hopefully. Sometimes we speak without thinking. We shouldn't, but hopefully conversation comes after thought. And the holy conversation comes from a changed heart and mind, doesn't it? Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy, verse 16. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons... Remember, Jesus knew what was in man. He knew who would betray him. He knows the hearts. He is not a respecter of persons. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here, sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with all those good things you did in your life with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers so that conversation is more than just words coming out of your mouth and words going into your ear it's a way of life it's a way of life We are not redeemed by those things. But we are redeemed, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ. The anointed one of God. He's the only way. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And I believe that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. I believe that that was a lamb that God took the life of, and then that lamb had no spot and no blemish, perfectly innocent. But we are redeemed with what all of that blood in the Old Testament represented, the true, perfect blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He always knew he was coming to earth to redeem you. He did it on purpose. He suffered on purpose. He went through the death that he went through on purpose for you. Verse 21 says, Who by him do believe in God. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior this morning? By who do you believe? By a preacher? By a friend? By your mama or your grandmama? No. By God. By Jesus Christ. Who by Him you believe in God. But He is the only way. To God. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God and nowhere else. Somewhere in the middle of your Bible it says it's better to trust in God than to depend on man. How true. Verse 22 says, Seeing... This is all true, seeing you have purified your souls. 
That's a cleansing, isn't it? To be purified. Sure. That's how they do precious metals, right? They heat them up and all the bad stuff comes to the top and they scoop it off, right? And it's purified then. See, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Are we able to obey the truth in and of ourselves? Nope, let's keep reading. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit. The Spirit quickens us and saves us. Causes us to realize that our way is not the right way, but we thought it was. It was a lot cooler, we thought. It was a lot neater. A lot more acceptable by our friends. Our human ways. But through the Spirit changing us. Seeing you have purified your souls and in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, that's going forward, right? Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. That's what we recognize God's people, isn't it? Absolutely. Unfeigned love of the brethren. So see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Taking heed unto his word. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed. And that word fervently goes right in with that taking heed. Because I said it was a serious contemplation, a serious attention put to a subject, this being God's Word. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Well, man's thinking's corrupt, isn't it? Man's ideas corrupt, aren't they? Man's idea and plan for salvation is corrupt, isn't it? Absolutely. But see, the Spirit brings the incorruptible seed into our hearts. That seeds the Word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit applies it. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Again, forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. It's unchangeable and it's right. Why would we count on or depend on anything else as a guide to live by? Praise God, we don't. We depend on Him, don't we? We stand on the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. We didn't go to Matthew 19 yet, did we? Let's go to Matthew 19. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 23 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, as a kid, I always thought that was what mama was in there sewing up my breeches with, a needle. And that's... That's pretty impossible. 
I saw pictures of camels. I'm like, well, that's really, really impossible right there for a rich man. But then later I realized that in the walls of the cities back in the day, there was a gap left that a man could slide through. And they called it a needle. And a camel couldn't go through one. Or a horse and rider. Anyway. And again I say unto you, verse 24, in Matthew chapter 19, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? If that's the case, the very poorest person on earth looks up to the next to the poorest person on earth and thinks he's rich. Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them. Jesus knew where their thoughts were coming from. Their questions. And he said unto them, With men, this is impossible. It's just like that big old camel going through that little bitty slot in the wall. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. Who said this? The I Am said it. God said it. With men, this is impossible. There is nothing you can do to merit the salvation of the Lord. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible, including your eternal salvation. You see, we're all dependencies on Him. That's what He shows us when He saves us, isn't it? You've got to depend on me. If you're dependent on yourself, you're in the sand. The storm's coming, you're going to sink. But if you're dependent on me, you're that wise man that built his house on the rock. And it'll still be there, that life, when the storm comes and goes. What a great Savior we serve. We praise Him this morning. We thank Him for going through what He went through for us. Oh, we praise Him in the highest. He and He alone can save your soul. Won't you trust in Him this morning?